0: Hello and welcome to another Real Estate Investment Insights. I'm your host, Derek Doak. Today, I've got uh, a good friend, and I would even say mentor, even though he would admit it, um, who helped me through a lot of tough times, especially in 08, when I was dealing with some properties uh, that I was dealing with at the bank. Um, and uh, was there for me every time I had issues uh, and also helped me when I was dealing with some uh, school stuff with my kids. So uh, so uh, John Odegaard is joining us. And John, uh, I've known for years, is the uh, co-founder and uh, also, I think, uh, now lead principal of Seattle Funding Group. Um, he and his partner, Greg, uh, who run that organization. And I've used multiple times on my deals over the past 20 years. And one of the things that, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have John on, on this podcast was really to talk about how people work with private lenders. I've worked with private lenders. Um, I'm not a big fan of the term hard money uh, because if you really compare what I had to pay to borrow money from a private lender versus what it would have cost me to bring in money on an equity side, which many of you know I'm a syndicator and bring in partners, it costs me more to give up equity than it does to pay a little more on the interest rate um, as it comes to interest and having access to the funds a lot faster than it would from a traditional banking source. So um, what I want to do is I'm going to, I'm introducing John. I'd like John to talk a little about who he is. And, uh, and our focus today is really, how do you make money working with a private lender? And uh, we'll tell some stories about how I've worked with uh, private lending. And then also, John will give some examples of uh, guys that probably do it better than I do. Um, but uh, but it'll be a good learning experience for for everybody. So, John, welcome. And, uh, you know, please introduce yourself to the audience. And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah,
1: thanks, Jared. Thanks, Eric. Good talking to you again, by the way. Yeah, uh, Seattle Funding Group is the name of our company. Uh, my name is John Odegaard, I started in 1988. I think I was 24 years old. In 1992, Greg Elderkin uh, came on and is partnering with me as we have um, have managed capital. We're also a capital management firm now with investors all across the country. Um, so we manage that capital and we lend it out and invested in, in real estate projects um, up and down the West Coast. We have offices and uh, we're Scottsdale, we have offices in Solano Beach, California, and uh, up here in the Bellevue, Washington area. Um, and we've been doing the same thing for 30-something years. <laughs> Over time, you get you get a little better at it, obviously, and refined and, and a better clarity to what your purpose is for people. Um, I think we've got that narrowed down now. Uh, we're an entrepreneurial lender, and so we've designed our lending and capital to be um, productive for to, um, for for uh, real estate entrepreneurs that are digging in and taking action so it's kind of the fun part of lending Derek because yep. uh, people we work with are are digging in and making great things happen rather than just having a stabilized asset they're just trying to figure out the long-term refinance that they can get for it at the lowest possible rate nothing's wrong with that that's a wonderful place to be but it's the action part of the real estate that we get involved with um, and speed of the deal and it makes it a, a little uh,
0: makes it very fun to, to be able yeah. To help. yeah well I know I know when I first i mean when I, when I first came across meeting you was I was doing uh, commercial condos yeah. and we had, uh, I was working with a developer. This was back in the early two thousands when the cities and municipalities were forcing these large developers that were building high rises to put condos or commercial use in the main floor. Yep. And most of them didn't know what to deal with it or how to deal with it. Uh, they did. They wanted to deal with all the 200, 300 condos are building, not the, you know, 3000 square foot of commercial space. So I had this idea that I would, Tie all these places up and lease them up, and then I'd sell them off to investors or some of the doctors and accountants and attorneys and things like that. And I remember talking to the bank about it, and they were like, you know, in Banner Bank, great bank. I loved working with them on these projects. And but it was still a little outside the comfort zone at the time. And then so when I met you, it was, hey, here's my business idea, here's my model, and then we kind of put together a strategy of how I could use, you know, Seattle Funding Group to buy these and take these down at closing. And then I would get the new get the tenant in there, reposition. Them, I either sold it or I refinanced it. So um, you know, that's where that's where I felt like, you know, when I was sold on using Seattle Funding Group, uh, was it, it fit that niche where it wasn't quite in the box of what the banks were looking for, but right, you right. and Greg saw it and you, go, hey, we get it, we understand it, we're with you. And yeah, I had to put a little money in, but I was able to get a lot of that money, you know, just from borrowing from Seattle Funding Group
1: right right right. your concept
0: it was actually very interesting you know, the timing of all that was
1: just before the big collapse in the marketplace and made it turned it into a little bit of a struggle that you were able to navigate through and do well but it, it uh the the, the still the, the whole way you describe it there with developers like to build the 200 units and the necessary evil is the retail below they have to they have to build out for you to take that over and run with it is still i still think it's a it's a smart idea um so i i, I, I liked it then i like it now
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well when I, when when I think of like some of the other clients that you've worked with um you know if 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 I'm if I'm in the business especially in the acquisition and development phase and I'm not talking and my deals weren't big I mean I want to be clear I, I borrowed like six hundred thousand eight hundred thousand a million dollars they weren't big deals which mm-hmm. was another nice thing um working with you guys was I didn't I wasn't made to feel like I wasn't really taken enough if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know um it was more about just, is it, is it a viable relationship and does it make sense for Seattle funding to put the money out there and I only need the money for, you know, three to eight months. Um, right, so, right, right. uh, yeah. so I, I think that's one of the things I wanted to get across today to, to the audience was that, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to go out and buy it, do a $5 million deal. I mean, I was doing one $1 million, $800,000, $1.5 million acquisitions. Um, sure. So it, 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 wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I was taken down. And everyone on your team was still making me feel welcome. It wasn't like, oh, God, I got to work with Derek again. He's doing $800,000, big deal. Um, no, I appreciate that, Derek. And I think, I think what a lot of private uh, investors, the
1: investors out there, the entrepreneurs from ver- various, like you say, various ranges from half a million dollar deals to what, 10, 15, 20 million dollar deals. Uh, what they like is a lot of times their deal requires, hey, let's sit down and talk about this for a second. And, and sometimes that's missing at the larger banks uh, because they're kind of limited to what they can do. But what they do, they do very well. I mean, it's not an insult to them at all. We actually work very well with banks. Uh, we kind of tee people up for the banks. We consider ourselves to be a placeholder for the banks where so we come in and make something happen, get it right. And then the banks say, OK, we will take it from here and, and refinance it out for a long term. So I think what, what you're saying is a lot of people like to come in and chat or on the phone or whatever it might be but, uh, uh, and, and just describe their strategy and their plan. And we can get as creative as, 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 as makes sense to be. We don't want creativity for the sake of creativity, but we can get as creative as, that makes sense to be. And that, that's when the deal becomes kind of fun. We're going to listen. As long as there's logic at the end of the tunnel that says, yeah. yes, you get from here to there, you're going to make a profit, all right? We can see it. And if we can see it, you can see it, we can all see it, it's gonna, the, the deal's going to happen. But that dialogue is very, very important. And you can't, you can't just put everything on a spreadsheet. You do have to have a dialogue. What are you trying to get done? And then the spreadsheets start to make sense when you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, absolutely.
1: And then, and Have that then dialogue with a banker or somebody that can actually make the loan decision, sometimes it's difficult. So yeah, that, I think that's the difference there.
0: Yeah, and because and, and I, I, I've done both, right? So I've got my credit facility and I work with Sound Community Bank, which I love working with those guys. Daniel over there takes care of me yeah. very well. And then I you know, I'll work with, um, you know, Taylor Street Capital Partners out of Phoenix. Yep. Um, I work with Nick out there, do my long-term takeout financing. They do a great job and they pour over a lot of different banks and credit unions all over the country that want to yep. invest in the Northwest. And then of course, when I need quick access in more than what I might have in my facility, I have Seattle funding group. So for me, I've kind of built my little financial team, if you will. Um, but I've been doing this for 20 plus years. So it's not, but when I first got into it, you know, it was really hard to kind of figure that out. And I, and I think, one of the things I'm finding right now, especially with the people that listen to my podcast and people I talk to, which are usually a lot of other real estate professionals that are just kind of doing the day-to-day brokerage business, yeah. property management business, and they got a lot of skill and a lot of knowledge, but they're not sure exactly how to take that next step into doing a project. And so when when you talk about like some of the loan programs you have, how... You know, what, what do you see as be a, a successful strategies to, in today's market? You know, here we are in the Northwest where it seems like we're you know, trying to find deals is tough. You find a deal, but you got to move quick, right? You got to get the money quick. You got to be able to close quick. Um, and I think that's one of the things that you've helped clients do in today's market. And I was wondering if you can elaborate on some of those types of successful strategies.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's funny that we have like say we're doing a long time. When we first started, it was people that maybe were in a pickle and they, they did a capital, but it's evolved way, way, way beyond that. After the Great Recession of 2007 through, who knows, 2012, in most of my opinion, before it actually started coming around, um, after that point, a lot of pretty, you know, some more sophisticated lenders kind of showed up in the arena of private money and, and, and including, and we've been in it for a long time, but altogether, we've all raised the bar of what's acceptable So private money really is, like you said, private money. It's not the hard money of the past. Hard money is going to be, if you can't get it anywhere else, if you've got problems, if you're not really lendable, then maybe hard money. Uh, But private money is designed for the real estate entrepreneur who is is, uh, very successful. A lot of our bars are enormously successful, tens and 20s of millions of dollars of net worth, but there's a speed component. So I kind of broke it down to the three times that people really use private money. Number one, it's timing. We'll talk about that in a second. The other one is, is is property. Maybe the property circumstance at this point isn't ready for conventional financing. And then the last really is the people. Maybe there's something about the person, the borrowing entity, that doesn't quite fit bank re- regulations yet. Uh, maybe they, they don't have everything lined up yet. Doesn't mean they're down and out. It just means that they're maybe a little unorthodox in their structure. So it's you know timing, property, and then people. But lately, as we we'll get right down to brass tacks, what's happening now? If you want to make a, a, an offer, we, you and I talked about this deal in Queen Anne. I'll give you an example of a 10 unit apartment in Queen Anne and on Aloha Street, right in the top of the crest of Queen Anne, overlooking the world. I, I sent you that video of the, of the scanyon of Seattle. Of oh, yeah. Great, great looking so, property. Yeah, it really was. I was out there and it was better than I thought when I got out there. I was a little bit, you know, I've seen a lot of properties, but I, I was a little bit wowed by how magnificent it was. Nevertheless, to get that deal, you don't just show up and say, yeah, I'll buy it. Here's my offer. I'll close in 90 days. Nobody's going to listen to that. There was tens of I think, 20-something offers out there, um, and, and our client had to come in with with a two-week close with not much real room for contingency. And that's what it took. And so uh, they, they turned to us to give them some. We sent out a, a, a with their offer, they submitted a, a letter that we put together from a letter uh, for, for, that they're qualified for a quick two-week close. We looked at them a little bit, their financials. We went through the property real fast and said, yeah, we can give you that. So with their letter of a two-week close, they were able to capture the deal. And they did. They were able to capture the deal, and they did. Same thing, actually, today. It started out three days ago. But today, there was a bid on a, uh, a retail center with um, Trader Joe's and Sprint. You know, a real good retail center. But retail has been down right in the past, but not centers like this. And uh, uh, the borrower had to submit it was 10 other offers. They had to submit something with a... Um, a very quick close. We were told that if they came back with a quick close, like two weeks, 21 days, that they would likely get it. I don't know yet today if they did, but we did the same thing for them. So it's that speed element that sends you ahead of the pack that says, listen, um, I can seize the day now. Um, And there's two things that happen when you buy a property like that in two weeks. A, you immediately refinance. That's an option. You immediately go back to Banner Bank or wherever you're going, right? The Heritage Bank, some other great banks out there, and you and you get that long-term refinance, or B, you hang on longer because you have a you have an NOI plan, net operating income plan, to get the net operating income up, so that uh, when you do refinance, you can refinance a little higher because you have a higher valuation. So we're a placeholder, either A for immediate refinance because we never have a prepayment penalty, or perhaps an NOI or improvement or enhancement to the property that you have planned, and then you get a, a refinance down the road it, uh a little higher leverage levels and pay it off. So so we're kind of step one, step two. And I say, that's why we work so well with the banks is that uh, uh, we set, we tee people up so that they can get that refinance. Now, some skip that altogether. They'll come to us, get the deal, do what they've got to do, enhance value, and they won't refinance. They'll just downright sell it. And that's another option as well. But the yeah. point is, without the capturing the deal, there's nothing to refinance. There's nothing to resell. There's no profit to be made.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the alternative on that, John, is what I've done in the past on my syndications. Right. And and but it cost me more. So I've got to give up 70 percent of my upside to get the money from my close knit group of investors. Um, And I'm and I end up paying a lot more than I would if I'm paying my you know two to four points to get the funds and turn around and pay my, you know, nine to 11 percent interest. I mean, it's it's. uh,
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Debt is, is cheaper than equity. Always remember that's wherever your listeners might be. The debt is always cheaper than equity, but it's supposed to have less downside equities where all the riches are or yeah. the profits are really going to be. But debt has got to limit its downside. But it's for that it's supposed to be cheaper. And I want to let you know those numbers you just pushed off are, are, are older for us. Uh, I'm, I'm, let's talk rates just for a second, because we're kind of excited about what we're delivering today. I, I mentioned how private money business has gotten a little more competitive and we've had to refine and grow. And that's capitalism. I love it. Uh, today, we're doing our, our loans, our cost, of, our interest rates are 699 to 799. That's it. 699 to 799, 699 short term, 799 for a year or longer. Uh, and, and our points are one to two and that's it. And so that's that's fairly doable for a lot of people. Then on top of it, what we've done is, and, and this comes into a dialogue, I think it's important for us to have. For most people, it's not how much they pay, it is to some degree, but it's, it's more so how they have to pay it. So if you have a heavy debt burden, a debt service along the way, that might, might make people nervous. So what we've done is even, we said the interest rate, let's pick a number, let's say it's 799, your payments are based on 499, is what we're doing today. So you've got payments based on 499, your interest rate is 799, there's a difference there, depending on when you pay it off, you reconcile that difference at your payoff. And most people don't have a problem paying the extra whatever it might be, 10, 20, 30, accrued interest that may have accrued between the pay rate and the interest rate, if it's happening when you're in the end zone, right? When it's happening, You've won the game. When it's happening, when you're getting that refinance or when you're selling and putting a million bucks in your pocket, and yep. you're paying a 10, 15,000 extra to, to reconcile the difference between interest and pay rate. And that's worked out really well. We've done some, did, recently did a deal in Ballard with a guy that bought apartment building, great person. We gave him a 499 rate for a year or two. And he says he that's just perfect for him. While he he turn, moves things around, gets, you know, a few tenants weren't really paying because of the pandemic. He had, he, had, he had some work ahead of him but in the meantime so banks weren't going to give him the leverage he wanted because they're going to take it based on current rents but current rents were 30 percent below market so he borrowed from us until he gets those current rents up back up to market again teeing that property up so it has a refinance down the road and that might take him a year he said it could take him 16 months just because there's a moratorium on certain things so that's just another example
0: but along the way the payment cost of funds wasn't too bad yeah that i mean and that's you know when when i when you match that up with a syndication for example I have to pay 7% to my investors plus 7% of the equity.
1: Like so a pref a prep return. My pref return,
0: return is 7%. So if my pref return is call it six or seven percent, the same as where you're at interest rate-wise, and I have to give 70% of the profit, which is still a good deal for me because I, you know, my deals are making a million, million and a half dollars. I'm still making a half a million to quarter million for myself personally. So right. it, it's it still works out really well. But by doing the private lending side, I can take less. From the equity partners, yes, and use more of the Seattle Funding Group funds, which is uh, less expensive. And, yep. and 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 you get You're not
1: married to it. You don't and, need
0: to get rid of it anytime. Yep, with a so, partner, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that, and that's the other thing. You, you treat it. You know, I've always told people when you, when you do a syndication, make sure you do it with the people that it's like being married. Because when I make that commitment, like I've been married for I don't know twenty four years now, twenty five. You know, when I made that commitment, I made that commitment. When I do a syndication, yeah. it's the same way. I'm committed to those partners and their money. And my responsibility, I know you and Greg think about this with your funds as well, is that's not your money. Your responsibility is to guard it, preserve it, and grow it. And right. that's kind of the same way a syndication is. So it's the uh, the the mindset around, if I do a deal, it's going to be $2.5 million. um, yep. And it's going to be a development opportunity. It's more cost- it's better for me to put the plan together, come into SFG, see how much money I'm allowed to get from that. Then I'm able to go, okay, now I need to bring in, you know, 250, 500,000 of partner money versus 1.2 million of partner money. Um, Right. And and I think that's, that's, that's the mathematical and the uh, calculations that people that are looking to do opportunistic projects, which in today's market, That's really where you're going to make your money. You're not going to make your money buying a three and a half cap that's already been macked out. You're just not. Um, And so it's uh, for the right people and the right project. It's uh, a great way to go. uh, Well, the
1: hitchhike on that, if you don't mind me jumping in. The hitchhike on that,
0: it used to always
1: be this. The bank would give you more leverage, right? But they might not be able to do a deal as fast as we could, or for whatever reason, they couldn't do it because it didn't fit their guidelines for whatever the reasons were. It's really weird. It's like inverted curve. It's different now. We are actually giving more leverage than a bank will on a lot of these projects, uh, because the the bank will be looking, and it's not insult to bank. It's just their strategy, their lending model. They're going to look at the cash flow and calculate the cash flow, and that's going to dictate how much that property will support. Whereas we're going to look at the cash flow and the and 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 the future cash flow w- without being idealistic, just what the, what it should be, and and allow us to make a loan. Based on what we think the inherent value of the property is worth, even if immediately the cash flow doesn't support that. Like an example, a really nice, even a five unit. I'm going to go back to the five unit building in Ballard. You know, the person was paying one six five. This five unit Ballard, but they had big units. It was everything you want from a building right now. You know, big units. Each each unit had its own parking. I mean, it was, there was no nothing was missed. But the the the, uh, the previous owner had owned it so long they just never the tenants were their friends and just didn't raise rents for quite some time. So the current rents only allowed the 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 about 50 percent or 45 percent loan to value from the bank. The bank was going to loan I think about 800 because based on the rents and they're paying 1650, right? So or six maybe they're only loaning 700 or something. The bank. So we came in and lent a little over a million uh, to allow that deal to happen because we realized 165 is the inherent value, and if that person had to resell again, they could sell for 165. There were several other offers. To prove to justify that value so we will look at that not just the immediate cash flow and so currently we're actually given a little more leverage sometimes several times than the bank will based on current cash flow it's, it's yeah. ironic i haven't seen that in years but that's the way we are today
0: yeah yeah and and, and the flexibility that you guys have right to, to, to yeah. go with the market so you're always going to be market competitive um yep. as it relates to that and that's the reason why you've been around 30 plus years i mean it's it's yep. uh it isn't one size fits all, and um, you're trying to jam things in just to get the uh, the fees. And that was one of the things I've always enjoyed uh, working with you guys about as well. Is just because you it wasn't about the fees; it's about the relationship. And yeah. there's always a way um, to to kind of grow with somebody. And you know that if you do four or five deals with me versus just one where you took advantage of me, yeah, you know, make it more yeah. like a partnership.
1: Derek, it's, it's the same. It's you know. It's it's the life knowing the lifetime value of your client, and this is something good for business. Anybody listening, this is good for business. A lot of you know this. So I'm not trying to act like I know some of you don't know, but but so if you haven't heard this before, it's a lifetime value of your client. If I look at Derek and I say I say look, I'm going to do business with him for ten years. I'm just throwing that number out, and I realize that he might do a deal a year with me. I might do ten deals with him. I might do fifteen. I don't know what it's going to be. We have clients we have done 50 and 60, and that's in our constructions. We also do construction to builders, and they keep, you know, builders, you can see the rotation. They keep building and selling and building and selling. So we have them some that have done a lot with us. So if you just look at the deal and say, how much can I make? Or do you look at the relationship and say, how, how, how strong can we build this relationship? And so it's the, it's a classic story. Of you can you can shed the sheep every year or you can skin it once, right? right. So it, it's one of those situations. Are you going to skin it once or you're gonna shed it every year? And, and so we've always been, this just the way we are, the culture of our company and the people that are attracted to work here. A lot of people have been here 10, 20 years. And it's just that attitude of long-term relationships. I've, today I'm in the office and people have walked in and we've shaken hands. Oh, hey, how's it going? And yes, we're shaking hands because we're vaccinated. But uh, but you know we've been saying you know today, and these are people who have done business with for 20, 20, 20 25 years. So you have to have that mindset. And if you carry that into a deal, you're going to end up being a winner. If you're looking just for one deal, one and done, that's never going to win for for anybody in the long run. That's, that's our, that's the approach we have.
0: For, for somebody bringing a, you know, starting to build a relationship with a private lender, you know, like Seattle Funding Group, Yep. how, what, what would you recommend? What's the best, you know, kind of putting together their package. I've always talked about this, your personal resume when like as an investor, my personal resume looks a lot different than if I was just, you know, a resume getting a job. I mean, it's more of, here's who I've borrowed from, here's how much money I've borrowed, here's how I paid it back here. You know, it's, it's kind of that your, your uh, lending profile or, you know, borrower profile. How would you recommend um, somebody approaches, you know, someone on your team about wanting to work with Seattle funding group, what kind of package or what would you want to see from them to have that best foot put forward? Good. Okay. I'm going to go
1: back and say idealistically, right.
0: I, because anything from ideally perfect to, 70%
1: 70% of perfect. Those are all good, right? Uh, so, so idealistically, you talk to them way before you need the money. And you say, hey, let me introduce myself. I've, I've known you guys for 32 years. I know you've been around a long time. I've looked at your website. I've seen the deals you kind of do. Let's talk about what's important to you as a lender. I'll let you know what I'm doing and see if there's a match. And then you have those conversations early. Now that person goes out and, and uh, is, is seeking deals, putting deals together we've already had with an understanding of what's valuable to us and we understand what's valuable to them. So your, your, your light, your heads and shoulders rather than coming with a deal all tied up and then saying, does this work? Now that's another way of doing it, but it's even better idealistically to talk ahead of time. Uh, and so, um, but what the most important to us, if you have a deal tied up is I, I can't believe really tell you how many emails I get where somebody tells me about a deal, but I don't even know where it is. So they don't even tell you the location and we're all over the West coast. So uh, first thing I have to email them back is where is it located? <laughs> so start with the most important parts of real estate and just get down to the brass tacks. Um, and what's the asset class? You know, where's it located in general? You don't have to be specific. If you're too nervous, somebody's going to take your deal. It's not going to happen, but you know, where, <laughs> what's the asset class? What, what, what's your, your strike price, your purchase price, how much leverage are you looking for? Uh, where's the down payment money coming from? And a little bit about what your experience is and you're starting a dialogue. That for me works. We always say if you can dialogue a deal and perhaps even on the phone, start with an email and then perhaps on the phone, if you can talk around the deal and dialogue it, you can probably paper it and fund it pretty fast. Uh, But if somewhere in the dialogue, there's something missing, something that doesn't make sense, uh, there's a second, there's too much leverage going on behind you, um, whatever it might be that makes the deal a little bit iffy, then you're going to find that out through conversation and you don't have to spend two or three weeks um, going through papers only to find it out after that. So. Converse, get get to know your private lender early, make sure you're picking the right one. Some of them are here today, gone tomorrow. And then um, uh, talk about what your strategies are, let them know, get to know them a little bit. And The days come back where you can come by and visit, come by and visit. Um, And and then when you're talking about a deal, you might call us, look, I'm making an offer. I'm thinking about structuring it this way, would that work for you guys? And we're gonna say, yes, let's say we say, yes, Uh, absolutely, that works for us. Now, you know, you're you're probably 60, 70% there. Just get your deal. A, um, a sign both ways between you and the seller is probably going to be most of the struggle because we're going to yep. be right there because you've already discussed it with us in advance. That, that's yep. how I find when we do deals, that seems to be the way they work the best.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I, uh, cause I have a coaching, I coach uh, individuals that want to do syndications. And one of the, the modules I talk about is your financing strategy and they, they always kind of squawk and kind of not squawk they kind of laugh at it. It's like, Oh, it's a strategy. It's like, yeah, exactly. What you want to do is you want to find you know your private lender. You want to find your long-term lender. You want to find your local one, You want to you want to have a little team there, and you want to go in and get pre-qualified as a partner and a borrower. And what that means is you have a, a strategy to call them and say, "Here's my business strategy. Here's my criteria. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to be bringing to you over the next couple of years of what I'm going to be uh, wanting to build and develop." And when I say develop, mean the business model and what kind of assets I'm buying. And then you kind of know who you want to work with, right? Because then that way, somebody on your team, you know, is able to kind of look at whether it's Kent or anybody else goes, okay, this makes sense. I like the strategy. I like the model. And the feedback you get usually from people like yourself and others on your team that have been there for extremely long periods of time, they've seen a lot. So you can learn a lot as a borrower and a developer because you have a lot of feedback to provide on the business model as well. And then, and then. I remember you told me a story one time about you had a private lender that, I mean, a a borrower that needed to move fast. So they actually got a pre-qualified letter and said, Hey, we know this person's going to be able to come through. because We've done all the vetted them out well before they made this offer. And then that went with the offer. Look, I can close in two weeks and here's where the funds are coming from.
1: That's exactly right. And and for, for us, we know a lot of people in the industry have been around a while. So a letter from us has some meaning, but we don't give it out unless we actually have had the conversation with the borrower, know the property a little bit. But yeah, we 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 do that, and we submit these these letters that says, "Guys, prepared to close in two weeks," and we'll support that. And and that's helped people left and right get the deal rather than just an offer, uh, uh, even if it has a quick close on your offer. They they're not certain that you're going to pull that off. So yeah. having a nice letter from the lender that says, "Yes, we've looked at them; they can pull it off," I, I can tell you, it it can make you half a million or a million or more just having that letter with your offer and be able to capture the deal when other people are trying to get it with more traditional means.
0: Hey, you, you, make a, you make the money on the buy, John, you make the money on the buy. And so I try to explain to people, you know, you've got to find the right property and you make the money on the buy. If you get taken advantage of and you pay too much for it, it's, it just takes time to get your money back. But for the most part, you're really making your upside on the buy. If you can move fast, negotiate a better deal with an all cash offer and you've got support, from somebody that's a private lending side, like Seattle Plenty Group, then boom, you know, you're moving right in and you're getting there faster and you're, you're just increasing your profits. So yeah, and, um, compliment, the, and compliment buyers. I could tell you what, real quick, these buyers have really put it to work in
1: ways that I haven't thought of and done some great stuff. And so I'm really actually proud of some of the projects we've been a part of. And I give the, the pride really going It goes to the borrowing entity and the borrower sponsor of the deal that that some of the stuff they've done and the profits they've made is just, it's envious. I mean, you become envious of them, how how they've taken capital that has a slight premium of cost, but it has a service to back that up. And they put it to work and made so much money. It's, you just got to go, I just can't believe that property. Now look at it, you know, and it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for us. I think it's a lot of fun for for them as well. And, um, and, and these times it's um, a lot of fun for everyone because it's been successful all the way around. And
0: uh, yeah, yeah. well, quite a joy. And, 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 and I want to, my closing part of this and I'm going to get your closing part of this From my perspective is I've done it. I've made money working with a private lender, you know, primarily Seattle funding group. Um, I wanted to put this out there because I feel like there's this, uh, um, a bad image to put in people's mind. They call it hard money and all this. Like, you don't understand, you know, there's, there's banks I wouldn't work with There's CPAs. I wouldn't work. with. There's attorneys I wouldn't work with. There's private lenders I wouldn't work with, but I find working with the private lending side, um, a key part of what's made me successful in some of the deals I've done because some of the things I've taken on uh, are a little strange or may have a little hair on them because I feel like that's where I can make the most money. And I've done a lot of retail deals, so I feel like I can always make money on those. Um, and so I wanted to put this podcast in place and I wanted to get John on this podcast to talk about what Seattle Funding Group does and what he's done to help clients make money working with private lenders for that reason. And hopefully... Uh, people can hear that and they see that from a cost perspective. uh, It's not much more than you're paying at the bank at all. And you probably have a little more flexibility and speed to get those deals done uh, because you're not dealing with the big, bank in the sense of the finance committees and things like that. So, um, and, and they change, they change. I've, I've worked with some banks, some local banks, I won't say their names, but in some of the pockets I've done business with them. They're now not doing any more deals in those areas because they're full of that type of asset class for that particular geographic area. So now you got to find now, where do you go? Right. So, um, so that's kind of, you know, my closing statement on this and John, I'd love to get your kind of closing thoughts here on individuals that are looking to work with a private lender and how to use a private lender to make some money. Yeah, there is, the truth of the matter is, I just want everybody to know this. Um, you got your typewriter. That's hard. I
1: mean, that's the way it was 20 years ago. Typewriters that say computers today, it's the difference between hard money or private money that was 20 years ago versus today. It's that big of a difference. It's not the same thing that it used to be. It's refined. It's Uh, uh, we've had to continue to grow and evolve and the lenders of the past are gone. In 2010, we're one of the only ones in Washington State that was standing, only one of the only ones. And because the ones that had the old model had to go, it's called capitalism, it's survival of the fittest. And so most of the good, look for lenders that are fund-based lenders. They're not seeking and sourcing their capital every time they find a deal. They're fund-based, they manage it. And the cost of funds is really not that much more than a bank anyway. It's a shorter term money, so you have to have an exit strategy but it's yeah. not as expensive as it used to be. One, two, maybe three points at the max. I haven't charged three points in a few years, but there might be some deals that weren't that, especially if they're really small. Um, the cost of funds are in the low single, mid mid to low single digits usually, or mid single digits. That's normal stuff. And then if it's interest only, your payments are low. It's not, a there's no amortization. So you have, you, you really can make money with it. So the capital is not an impediment. to you making money in the real estate market right now? The money's yeah. there, it's available and it's available fast. And so the deal, the money to be made is you finding the deal and structuring something. Your entrepreneurial spirit is all that's left to making money
0: for you now. And so I always want people to realize there is a change. Things are better. Put it to work. And and it's going to save you time so you can get that deal. In today's fast-moving market, that's that's Absolutely. critical. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you call us, we'll dialogue
1: a deal. If we like it and you like it, let's do it. And that's really kind of how how simple it can, it can really be.
0: Now where can uh, where where can people find uh, Seattle Funding Group?
1: Well you know you can you can you can obviously you know seattlefundinggroup.com. You know if you if you go to our website sometime, go, go to deal gallery, just take a look at some of the deals and then go to team. Uh, if you want to differentiate different private money lenders from others, you go to the deal gallery and you'll see who's got really good deals and business that they've done for a long time and who's just got a few deals um, and then if you go to team, you might find two or three people in some places. Um, and companies that are more established and more real, quite frankly, will have, you know, 10, 20 people on their website. And so just kind of take a look at those things and you'll get a feel, make up your own mind. But seattlefundinggroup.com is the best way to go. And, and from there, if you go to team, you can pick any one of us, pick, you know, click on our picture, you'll get our bio, you'll get our phone number if you want to talk to me i love to talk to people. I love talking deals. Nothing is more enjoyable for me than talking deals and seeing them seeing them through and getting them done. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And so we welcome that that conversation.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Well, uh, well, John, I mean, thanks a lot for participating on today's podcast, and uh, I think there's a lot of great value there, and I would also offer up anybody out there who's thinking about working with Seattle Funding Group and had any reservations, uh, don't hesitate to give me a call either. I'd be more than happy to uh, tell you about my experience with them, um, and they've all been good. Uh, so if you're looking for negative, you're not going to find it from me. Yeah. Um, huh. and- You know, with that, I'm going to say have a great day, everybody. And again, John, thanks for your time. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you soon as well. Thanks a lot, Derek. I
1: really appreciate it.
0: Cheers. Cheers.